I hope you're all out here living your best and sexiest lives. Welcome or welcome back to a short erotic sex story written and told by Lala's Bedtime Tells. Let's have a very quick chat before you dive head first into part two of the perfect match. And oh, so sexy enemies with benefits, bully erotic romance. If you haven't already, please show me your favorite erotic storytelling podcaster and erotica writer some love by giving the podcast a five star rating and review. It's crucial that you review the podcast because as an erotic writer and storyteller, I am always interested in feedback and knowing your thoughts on the stories I share with you all. Also, it allows other erotica lovers and smut sluts like me and you to find Lala's Bedtime Tales erotic stories wherever they enjoy listening to podcasts. Do you want to help support this amazing erotic storytelling podcast? Do you love, love Lala's Bedtime Tales but want more content, especially exclusive content? Then join Lala's Bedtime Tales exclusive Patreon community. Join the Baby Girl exclusive access tier for as low as $5 a month and receive a ton, I mean a ton, of exclusive VIP access content like episode soundtracks and playlists, early access and ad-free podcast episodes, behind the scenes of my writing process, a shout out on the podcast, voting rights of what stories deserve a continuation, video tellings of your favorite stories, or a first look at my new work. And that's just a few of the perks I'm offering. There are so, so many more. I have varying tiers that offer something for all of my favorite people. So if you want more of Lala, you enjoy smutty, erotic content and all things sexy then check out the show notes to join my patreon do you ever wonder why women love spicy smutty or erotic romance if so then i'm spilling all the tea reserve your seat for thursday september 28th for the beginner's guide to spicy romance and erotica yeah that's right it's backed by popular demand and to kick it off, I'm offering my favorite listeners a very special $10 off the workshop. But hurry, I'm only offering it to the first 10 people that sign up as an early bird special. You don't want to miss this workshop. You will learn all the sexy details about why spicy romance is a powerful sexual wellness tool and discover the best beginner reads to ease you into this saucy genre. You'll also receive guides, my erotic stories ebook anthology, and so much more. Take your sex life to the next level by using Erotica Reads as your secret weapon. Check out the show notes for the link to reserve your seat today and the $10 off promo code. Also, if you love my erotic stories but would love sex advice, dating tips, and sexual health information, and spicy book reviews and recommendations, then be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Lala's Bedtime Tales. You can find the link in the show notes. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you'll be alerted whenever there's a new, sexy, hot, 
audio erotic tale for you to listen to for your pleasure. Keep listening because The Perfect Match Part 2 will have you on the edge of your seat. Enjoy, besties. It's time for Lala's Bedtime Tales. Grab your wine, dim the lights, and get ready to listen to an oh-so-sexy bedtime story. I'm Lala, and I want to tell you an erotic story guaranteed to turn you on and get you hot and bothered. So, listen up. Attention, attention. I'm dropping in with a spoiler alert. This is the second part of a two-part story. So if you haven't listened to part one of The Perfect Match, then hit the pause button and go listen to the first part. I highly encourage you to do so or else you will be super fucking confused. You've been warned. Hi, gorgeous. Part one of The Perfect Match ended with an epic, shocking, and heart-wrenching predicament for Tanaya Aoki. We left off with Tanaya Aoki dealing with kidney issues due to her inability to afford the proper health care she needed for her diabetes. Will Dr. Elias Saab live up to his reputation of being a cold-hearted, malicious prick, or... Will we find out that it's all a facade and he'll truly do everything in his power to save the girl he loves to fuck with mentally and sexually? Keep listening to find out Tanaya's fate and if Dr. Saw will be the one to come to her rescue. He gave me the interview. The career-making, secure-the-bag-worthy interview that I desperately needed. In an alternate universe, this is where our paths would diverge. Dr. Elias Saab, the asshole with the magical dick, would walk out of my life and I go on to write and publish a Pulitzer Prize winning article about him. The EKG machine beeps, pulling me from my introspection back into reality where I sit alone in a hospital room with General Hospital playing on the television. For the past week, I continually played on repeat in my head the thousands of different paths I could have taken. I had received a full ride to Rutgers University and could have chosen a degree with a more lucrative career path where I would have had a steady paycheck and health benefits. But my mind can't help but think about Ashton Kutcher in The Butterfly Effect. Every time he went back and changed one thing, the events unfolded differently, but not in his favor. Therefore, no matter what path I had chosen, all roads could have potentially ended here anyways. A rogue tear slides down my cheek. As I remember hearing the words from the nephrologist's mouth, I see my proud Japanese father standing stoically, tears dancing in the eyes of my strong Jamaican mother as I receive my prognosis. As more tears fall from my eyes, 
I feel the phantom death grip of Dr. Saab's hand when the nephrologist spoke the words chronic kidney failure, explaining that it was irreversible and that dialysis would be a waste of time. My best bet to living past my 26th birthday would be a kidney transplant. <laughs> I laughed through my tears, feeling the mass of hopelessness weighing heavily on my heart. It could take three to five years to get a kidney transplant, and I am a working class minority born to immigrants, a nobody, a nothing, hell, an invisible person to the world. So, a promising outcome in a game of life where the odds are stacked against me, I wouldn't be holding my breath. I had to find a way to make peace at the doorstep of death with the Grim Reaper knocking hard on my door. Like clockwork, the door to my hospital room creaked open, alerting me of Elias's presence. I had refused to think of him as a person, only referring to him as Dr. Elias Saab, or Dr. Saab, to keep from the emotional intimacy blurring with the thin line of the hot, no strings attached, dirty fucking we were doing for the past six months. He was my golden goose. He was a project. He was a cold, emotionless asshole. Until I passed out on him mid-orgasm in a five-star restaurant, then he became Elias. Elias is the concerned man and my friend that hasn't left my side since the night I collapsed on him and woke up in the sick bay of this hospital. He is the reason I am able to stay in the hospital without the crushing anxiety of the financial hardships that would await me once I was discharged. At the end of the interview with him, he informed me that he'd be covering my medical expenses and he kissed me into a stupor when I tried to protest. I am in complete awe of the softer, more humane side of Elias. I didn't see in the first six months of meeting him. How's the article coming along? He asks, gently wiping the tears from my puffy, blotchy face. It's coming along great. I lie. We both look at my closed laptop sitting on the corner of the hospital bed that I haven't touched since my parents brought it to me. If Elias is suspicious and knows that I'm lying, he doesn't acknowledge it. He turns those beautiful, concerned blue eyes on me, stroking the curls off my face in a soothing manner as he continues, How are you feeling today? I roll my eyes hating when he slips into doctor mode at the beginning of all his visits to my room. I give him a small shrug, unable to hold back my mischievous grin. You know, I feel kind of like I need a good and very thorough sponge bath that only Dr. Elias Saab can provide his very, very dirty girl. I tease trying to flirtatiously bite my chapped lips, tossing my unruly curly hair behind my shoulder and profusely blinking to give him my best come hither look. He bites his full sexy bottom lip, his shoulders shaking before a loud burst of <laughs> laughter falls from his lips. His laughter causes my shoulders to deflate, 
I pick up one of the pillows off the bed and hurl it at him with what little strength I can muster these days. I give him a satisfied smile as it bounces off his broad, muscular chest. My nipples pucker, my pussy becomes slick with arousal, and I feel my stomach turn somersaults as I stare at his beautiful smile. How is it possible that this man is even sexier in his white lab coat, navy button down, and blue paisley tie? My gaze travels back to his eyes, where I met with stormy blue eyes filled with lust. Even as shitty as I look in this hospital bed, it makes my heart flutter to think that this man is still attracted to me. I'm pretty sure you already had a sponge bath today, so I can do something better for you. Elias responds, closing the distance between us and lying down beside me on the hospital bed. He takes his phone out of his slacks, places it on my lap, and hits the start button on a video. The small screen fills with an image of me bouncing on his dick. My eyes roll to the back of my head and my small perky breasts bouncing as I ride him up my ass. I rub my thighs together that are slick from my arousal, dripping from my needy pussy as my hot, wet core clenches around emptiness. I watch the video mesmerized as I feel a large, warm hand spread my thighs apart under the thin hospital bed covers. My body involuntarily quivers as his thumb flicks across my sensitive clitoris while two of his big, thick fingers slowly piston in and out of my vagina. I let out a throaty whimper, spreading my legs wide to allow him more access to pleasure me. I hear my moans coming from our homemade porno as he turns my head and begins roughly kissing me. He speeds up the tempo in which he finger fucks me, his palm grinding down on my mound as his thumb makes circular motions around my swollen, throbbing clitoris. I hear his grunting and me speaking gibberish in the video, which makes me feel hot as I feel my orgasm begin to build in my lower stomach. I clench around his fingers as he picks up pace, swallowing my moans as I come in unison with my past sex-crazed self in the video. I look at him with dazed eyes. Elias pulls away from our kiss, nibbling on my bottom lip. He kisses me softly on the forehead and slowly pulls his fingers out of my pussy. My pussy is so attuned to Elias's touch that the man is a sex god that can make me shatter to pieces, see stars, and forget my name in under 10 minutes, leaving me absolutely fucking delirious. He gets off the bed, his hand glistening from me, climaxing all over his fingers. He lifts his magnificently skilled fingers to his mouth and sucks on them, his eyes rolling to the back of his head like my essence is the sweetest thing he's ever tasted. His tongue darts out, licking up any residual juices from my sexual release. His actions are the most erotic thing I've ever seen in my life. Elias licking the taste of me off his fingers will be burned into my mind for eternity.
I'm jostled from my naughty thoughts when I hear the door creak open and the nurse walks over to my bed to check my vitals. She's a cute bubbly blonde that has me rolling my eyes when she flusters from watching Dr. Hotshot finish licking his fingers, his eyes never leaving my face. He gives her a short greeting, excusing himself from the room because he has an upcoming surgery consultation. Once the door closes behind him, the nurse looks at me with a small, envious smirk. I feel the heat rising up my neck as if she knows the sins that we've committed in this hospital bed. All the women on the staff are so jealous of all the attention you get from Dr. Saab. He's so hot, but mean. You need to let us in on your secret because he becomes an entirely different person around you. He's so obsessed with you. The nurse says playfully. I give her a small smile. If only she knew that Dr. Elias Saab didn't like me at all. Dr. Elias Saab enjoyed my pussy and willingness to get nasty with him between the sheets. My oh my, how the tables had turned in a blink of an eye. Currently, Elias viewed me as a burden, a pet project, and a problem to solve. Even the nice Dr. Saab came with a price. Unfortunately for me, I was paying too much for his kindness. I had to be dying to get this man's heart to soften towards me. I feel like an inmate on death row. My prison cell is a 140 square foot hospital room. Tick, tock. Tick, tock. Tick, tock. Is the annoying resounding noise continuously playing like a broken record in my brain because I'm living on borrowed time. The hospital room works as a constant reminder of the death sentence I have brought on myself. Minutes tick by like hours when you wear the invisible shackles of a patient to their cold, lonely hospital bed. I have been a prisoner of my failing body for many, many years, but I had no idea being stuck in a hospital room for weeks would be part of my punishment for years of not taking care of my diabetes. That's a lie. I knew in the back of my mind this could have been a potential outcome. It's a deep-seated subconscious truth that I wouldn't allow past the denial I chose to live in over the years. I have been in the hospital for a couple of weeks now and the grass wasn't looking greener on any side of the street, I metaphorically wandered. They wouldn't even let me walk outside of the hospital room. I had to be chauffeured everywhere in an aluminum stainless steel chariot. I fucking hated wheelchairs. They made me feel like an invalid, but if allowing Nurse Bubbly Blondie to push me in a wheelchair was the only way I could get a reprieve from my room and pay Elias a surprise visit to his office, then damn it, she could push me wherever her heart desired. It was a poetic justice having to rely on Sky 
to deliver me a slice of devil's food cake with hazelnut crunch, Elias's favorite dessert. If Sky had never swiped right on the Matchmate dating app, I'd never have wormed my way into Dr. Hotshot's life. I smiled to myself at the thought as I clutched the dessert box tightly in my hands. The nurse stops in front of Elias's office, but we hear an irate outburst before she can knock on the door to alert him of our presence. We both freeze, startled by the loud, clear, furious voices having a heated discussion behind Elias's closed office door. So help me God, I will hand in my resignation right fucking now. We're out of fucking options. We've tested every family member and friend that Tanaya Aoki has, and none of them was a fucking match. Elias loudly threatens. Then, like everyone else, she will wait until a donorless kidney becomes available. A man shouts back, fuck that, so she can die before she gets a fighting chance. I was fucking engineered for this shit. I tested myself and I'm a fucking match. She's getting my fucking kidney and I don't give a shit if I have to quit here and transport her to another hospital to make it happen. My jaw hits the floor at his declaration. This is selfish. You're too fucking close to her case. You're one of the best transplant surgeons in the country, if not the world. You can't just cancel all your upcoming surgeries to clear your schedule to give some girl a kidney. You'll put this hospital in a fucking financial bind, and we're looking at potential lawsuits. You'll cuss us thousands, if not millions. Plus, who would even perform this surgery? The man yells. I called in a favor. A highly esteemed colleague of mine that I trust with my life will perform the surgery. I already cleared my schedule and if it costs me my fucking career, so be it, Elias shouts. After Elias's final statement, there's silence. The door of his office is flung open, barely missing nurse bubbly blondie and me as the man that's more than likely Elias's boss, the chief of surgery, storms out of his office muttering inaudible curses under his breath. Ignoring the nurse that still frantically stands frozen to her spot in a state of shock, I roll myself into his office. Elias's broad back is rigid as he distantly stares out the window. I plop the dessert box onto his desk, the noise causing him to turn around to face me. His beautiful blue eyes have a hunted presence in them. I open my mouth to speak, but he holds up his hand silencing me. He crosses his office in a few steps, slamming the door in Nurse Bubbly Blondie's face before locking it. I don't give a shit what you want. I'm giving you my fucking kidney and that's that. The only answer I'm accepting is yes. I'm a genetically engineered spare parts baby that let down my family. I'm not letting someone else down close to me if I can save them. Let me do this. Let me atone for my wrongs. Elias states, his voice cracking from the myriad of emotions I see dancing across his troubled facial features. I stand on shaky legs, unsure what to say, 
Since he gave me the interview, the Elias I had come to know carried the weight of the world on his shoulders. He came into this world with the sole purpose of saving his older brother, his family's golden child. And when that didn't pan out, he never quite healed from the feeling of failure and inadequacy. The poor man blames himself for things he can't control. In his mind, he probably repetitively replaced the night we met at the CD bar, thinking if he had just given me the interview, then I wouldn't be facing a deadly fate. But this is my cross to bear, even if he refuses to let me carry the weight of my poor decisions alone. That cruel Dr. Elias sob that he shows to the world is cold and soulless because he feels immensely, and shutting off his emotions is the only way he can navigate this fucked up reality we're forced to try to survive. If you had told me a few months ago that I'd feel any sort of compassion towards the great and talented hotshot Dr. Elias Saab, I would have laughed until I pissed my pants. Yet, at this moment, I mustered up every ounce of fight and strength I had to walk across his office and comfort him. Sure, I'll do whatever you want. This is great news. When is the surgery? I question, ignoring the piercing shooting pain I feel radiating through my legs as I hug his waist. Elias kisses the top of my untamed curly hair, taking a whiff of my scent before responding. Later this week, I have a friend flying in to do the operation, and the sooner we can get this done, the better. Let's just hope your body doesn't reject the kidney. I feel my eyes become wet as my tears soak the front of Elias's white button down. I'm unsure if the tears are from the feeling of overwhelming gratitude or the pain from the severe muscle cramps I've become accustomed to as a result of my kidneys shutting down. Elias picks up my small frame bridal style and carries me to the love seat in the corner of his office. He cradles me in his lap against his chest. Since you've taken on the role of my magical genie, will you grant me one last wish? I asked shyly, pulling away from his chest to stare into his beautiful ice blue eyes. Anything, he answers, warming my heart as he kisses away my tears. Let me take a ride on that magical dick of yours, I state, unbuckling his pants. I begin kissing him senselessly to keep him from denying me what my body most desperately craves. He lets out a low, throaty groan, pulling away from our kiss and asking, have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Don't get me wrong, Tania, you're fucking gorgeous, but sweetheart, you're extremely sick. Your face is gaunt and your skin and eyes have taken on a bright, lusterless yellow color because of the jaundice. I don't want to hurt you. He presses his soft full lips to my forehead, but I ignore his protest by unfastening his pants and lowering his zipper. If I ride you, then I'll control our pace, which will keep me from overdoing it. Please, Elias, are you really going to deny a dying girl her last wish? I plead not feeling the slightest bit guilty by playing the death card. If I wanted my last meal to be Dr. Elias Sob's dick, 
then I damn well would have my cake and eat it too. Elias let out a shudder as I stroke his thick, erect dick with my small hand. He helps me to my knees, slowly guiding me down on his cock until I'm filled to be hilt. I sit on his dick, not moving. I sit still with his thick, erect dick throbbing inside of me. Not because I don't want to move, but because I need a second to catch my breath. I wrap my arms around Elias's neck, capturing his mouth in a deep, passionate kiss while he begins to thrust inside me with a gentle, slow pistoning of his hips. I slowly rise and fall to match his rhythm as our bodies move together in a pleasurable synchronization I've only found with his body. I let out a throaty moan of delight because it's been so long since I felt Elias's dick deep inside of my hot, wet pussy. Play with your clit, sweetheart, Elias raps as he holds me by the waist guiding me slowly up and down on his manhood. I reach between my thighs and play with my swollen nub that pulsates like a second heartbeat. I lean back to feel Elias deeper, knowing he enjoys watching me come as I toy with myself between my thighs as he fucks into me. I focus on the sounds of our flesh slapping together. I watch the crimson blush seep into Elias's deep, olive skin as he peers down. Enthralled at the sight of his dick, disappearing inside of my glistening, wet pussy. And I focus on my mind on chasing the ecstasy he provides as I allow myself to get lost in the glorious sensations of him fucking me. My hot, wet core clamps down around his dick. My hips writhe as I keggle him, and my orgasm hits me, causing me to explode with a shrill scream of bliss. My weak body goes limp as Elias pumps into me harder and faster until he hits his own climax. He lays back on the love seat, cradling my head to his chest and not pulling out of me. His office smells like sex, and I feel a mixture of our cum dripping between my thighs. But I lay in his warm, comforting arms, basking in the afterglow of our fucking. I couldn't imagine my life without Elias in it. The irony of the situation is that this terrible man I couldn't stand still managed to find a way to wiggle himself into my heart after all. We were continuously making trades with one another. First, my body for his interview. Now, his kidney for all the love in my heart. I kept my eyes closed, but I hadn't been able to sleep for the past two days. I vigorously rubbed my sweaty palms on my hospital gown between twiddling my thumbs as I hummed to myself. I always had to be brave in life, and there had never been anyone there to be brave for me. I grew up in a home where no coddling was allowed. But minutes before heading into surgery, 
I couldn't find any courage to calm my anxiety. I had never had surgery, never even dreamt of being under the sharp scalpel of a surgeon. Yet, my first surgery would be the one to hopefully save my life. I should be overjoyed, thankful, and excited. I guess those emotions would eventually hit me once I was on the other side of it all in recovery. I hummed the tune of Post Malone's circles to try not to let myself become defeated by fear and discontent. A warm hand takes hold of my sweaty palm, jilting me from my attempts to ground myself. Don't tell me the great Tanaya Aoki is afraid of going under the knife. Miss Aoki, who laughs in the face of death, which, by the way, your humor is extremely morbid, adding to the list of reasons why you're single and hadn't had great sex. Until me, of course. Elias jokes, calming my nerves. I opened my eyes for the first time since being brought to the pre-operative holding room. Elias runs his thumb over my hand in soothing circular strokes. He wears a genuine smile on his face, but it doesn't quite mask the worry in his crystal blue eyes. Death is something no one can escape. It's an uncontrollable unknown we all know will happen to us eventually. I don't know if I'm as afraid of the operation as I am of the disappointment of you doing everything in your power and moving mountains for me and my body possibly not only failing me, but also you due to its unwillingness to adequately work, I say with a small, sorrowful smile on my face. Elias is my Lebanese Adonis. Even while sporting a hospital gown in those hideous hospital socks. Baby, you can't let me down. As long as you keep that annoying fight about you, I'll always admire you, sweetheart. Even when I tried to break you and scare you, you stood 10 feet tall and were unwavering in my antagonization. It made me fucking hate you. But it was that fight that has kept you going in these terrible life circumstances. Actually, I envy you for it. Elias responds, his sweet answer making my vision blur with unshed tears. Should I be scared of the surgery? I ask, holding on to his hand tighter, never wanting to let go of him. No, we're in good hands with Dr. Gerald Stone. If I'm the best transplant surgeon in the world, then Dr. Stone is a very close second, Elias states with a cocky smile. I'm sure he's probably third since I bet my mountain of debt that your ego is probably the close second, I tease, squeezing his hand. I've been on both sides as a patient and a surgeon. Everything will be okay, Tanaya. I gave my brother part of my liver. I know you know that from the interview, that he had acute myeloid leukemia. We had done everything. I donated stem cells and bone marrow, and he just needed that piece of my liver to sur- Elias starts, but I interrupt him. Not really a story someone wants to hear before going into a supposed life-saving procedure. I jab, trying to take his mind off of the terrors of his past that the burden he was helping me shoulder had probably dredged up for him. You're right. I mean, 
he made it out of the surgery. It was just the months later that we didn't see coming. But anyway, I never told you why I hated the media. Well, until I met this spitfire, annoying ass, gorgeous short stack with an addicting pussy that happened to be a journalist. My parents were famous, wealthy, and used to being in the public eye. However, no one is prepared for a media shitstorm amid their grief. The misconstrued interviews and the constant reminder in print of the pain we all suffered after my brother's death tore my family apart, doing irreparable damage, Elias says, a single tear running down his cheek that he quickly dashes away with his free hand. I can only imagine. I feel so terrible. I was operating with tunnel vision, only thinking about my own personal gains. I'm so sorry for my selfishness, Elias. I say, choking back tears. Never apologize. It's what brought you to me. I was a shell of a man before you, and my world wouldn't be the same without you. Tanaya, no matter what happens, just know that I... Elias declares, but I silence him with a loud shush. Let's discuss our feelings on the other side, Dr. Elias Sop. I have a lot of things to say to you, but I haven't had my wits and strength to give you the tongue lashing you deserve for bulldozing over me and being demanding and bossy while I was a dying weak girl lying sick in the hospital. I joke, attempting to soften the blow of me refusing to hear any declarations he wanted to provide in this emotionally charged moment. I couldn't bear to allow myself to feel false hope that a man like Elias could feel anything besides hatred for me. I couldn't allow that warmth blossoming in my chest to be snatched away from me when we were out of the darkest moments of my illness. Well, know this, sweetheart. I've been falling for you since you crawled across my living room to me. I was enamored by your beauty the moment I stepped foot into that shitty bar. I'm all in with you and our relationship. You're my girl. We go together. That was kind of my master plan, by the way. I thought if I gave you a kidney, you could never break up with me. You're stuck with this. How do you like to put it? This kinky fucker? Elias jokes, bringing my hand to his soft, sexy pout and kissing it. Oh, to think you have my parents thinking your diabolical psycho ass is a selfless man. I knew with you and the games you love to play, there had to be a string attached to you giving me a kidney. I whispered, rolling my eyes. Our moment is interrupted by the sound of the curtain opening and the circulating OR nurses telling us that it's time to rock and roll. Once in the operating room, the anesthesiologist covers my mouth with a clear mask and tells me he's going to count backwards from 10. I nod my head slowly. Even though all the surrounding buzz in the operating room, I hear him start his countdown. 10, 9, 8. And the last thing I envision before being swallowed by darkness is Elias's megawatt smile and gorgeous crystal blue eyes. I opened my eyes feeling groggy and as if I was having an out-of-body experience, 
It reminded me of that one time I went to Burning Man on a work assignment and did shrooms and edibles and drank mysterious trash can punch. I felt a warm, familiar hand grip mine. I turned to look at my mother's soft, smiling eyes. While I was happy to see my mother at my bedside, her hand wasn't the familiar touch that I longed for. Where's Elias? When can I see him? I asked, my voice sounding strange, hoarse, and distant. My mother poured me a glass of water, which I took graciously. The cool, refreshing liquid hit my tongue, filling heavenly against my throat. I'm not sure, T. Let me get the nurse, my mother says, getting up and leaving my hospital room. It felt like she was gone for an eternity when she finally returned back to my room with a nurse, a doctor, and a handsome black man in a designer tailored suit. I placed my hand to my warm forehead, making sure that I wasn't still under anesthesia and that I was really awake. My mother resumed her seat in the chair at my bedside, grasping my hand. I could feel the warmth radiating from her body, so I knew I wasn't in a drug-induced haze. Miss Aoki, I'm Dr. Gerald Stone, the transplant surgeon. I have already spoken with your family, but I wanted you to hear from me that your surgery was a success. If your body doesn't reject the kidney, then the transplant will be considered a success, which is great news for you, meaning that you'll be looking forward to a happier and healthier life as long as you take care of your diabetes, Dr. Stone informs me with a tight smile. I look over at my mom, who beams at me with happy tears filling her eyes. I gave her a broad smile, excited about the great news. I'm happy to hear it. How is Elias, and when can I see him? I reiterate my previous question that I had originally asked my mother. The mention of Elias's name filled the room with awkward tension, causing it to feel like the good energy was sucked out of the atmosphere. The attractive GQ Model S black man stepped forward, causing me to furrow my brows in confusion. Hi, Miss Aiko. It's a pleasure to meet you. Eli speaks so funly of you. <laughs> I didn't know if I should be happy or envious because that man hates everyone and only tolerates me. And I've been his best friend since childhood, the man says. And who are you? And how do you know Elias? I question, puzzled. I didn't even know Elias had friends, let alone someone close enough to call him Eli. Sorry, I'm his attorney, Jackson Stewart. I tend to talk a lot when I get uncomfortable. I know, crazy, right? Especially since I'm an attorney. I wish we were meeting under better circumstances, but there was some complication with Eli's surgery. Jackson reported to me, causing my head to swim. Complications? He, he's not dead, is he? I question with bated breath. No, no, he's still alive. We're just not sure if he's going to make it through because of the extent of the complications and a potentially serious infection, which is why I'm here to speak with you, Miss Aoki. Jackson solemnly continues handing me a manila envelope. I reach out, taking the large envelope, feeling as if everything is surreal and moving in slow motion. I stare at the man, 
dumbfounded as the world around me comes to a standstill. I see everyone moving and talking, but I can't hear a single damn word. Tanaya, Tanaya, my mother shouts, snapping her fingers multiple times in front of my face, pulling me back into reality. Miss Aoki, did you hear anything I just said? Jackson asks, a look of concern on his face. I shake my head slowly, tears welling in my eyes. He repeats what he just said slowly to me like I'm a small child. Elias made you his medical proxy, which means that you have the power to make his healthcare decisions while he's incapacitated. He's estranged from his parents and doesn't have many friends, so he felt like you were his best option. He fully trusts and respects any and all decisions you make for him. Lastly, you're the owner of his estate in his most recent updated will, which is outlined in the documentation in this file. Jackson gestures to the file, and I open the manila envelope, pulling out a stack of papers. I flip through them carefully until my eyes land on a number that sends me into a tailspin, causing my eyes to bug out of my head. I've never seen so many zeros in my life. I uncontrollably blurted out. My mom snatches the papers from my hand, dropping them on the floor as she gasps. I look around the room, feeling my heart ache from the absence of the one person I never thought I'd want to see again after I got my interview. But Elias's missing presence makes it impossible for me to breathe. Elias may have been the perfect match for Sky Lawrence, according to the Matchmade app, but he was my perfect match in every aspect of the phrase. He was the best sex I had ever had. The one person who understood me without me ever having to mumble a word. The missing piece I never knew I needed in my life. Hell, he was a perfect match to donate a vital organ to me. Elias was willing to risk it all to save me, his soulmate his true perfect match, and had made it so that even if he didn't pull through, he still ensured I'd be taken care of. I owed that man my life, and our love story couldn't end here. I had to find a way to make sure he pulled through. He wasn't going to die. He couldn't. I damn sure wouldn't let him. But the million dollar question was, how? Behind all of Dr. Elias Saw's anger and hurt, it seems like there's a heart after all. And apparently it beats hard for Tanaya Aoki. It's as if poor Tanaya can't catch a break. Do you think she'll be able to figure out how to keep Dr. Elias Saab alive? If you want a continuation of the story, be sure to join my Patreon for exclusive voting rights. Don't be afraid to follow me on Instagram and slide in my DMs to let me know your thoughts on Lala's Bedtime Tales podcast. Until next time, ta-ta for now. Oh, so hot and sexy bedtime stories from Lala's Bedtime Tales. Thanks for tuning in to this week's erotic tale. For more erotic stories, 
sex tips, love advice, and sexual education, check out lalasbedtimetales.com and add me on Instagram for more erotic and sensual content at lalasbedtimetales. Please comment and share your fave sexy bedtime stories with erotica enthusiasts like you and me. Ta-ta until next time, sexies.